0: We are learning the seches Chilak Yudzayin, the Sicha on Pirkei Avos Peyre Gimel. So here we study the Mishnah, the third Mishnah, the second Mishnah in the Perik, Rabbi Chanina Sagan HaKohanim says, Hevei mispalel b'shloma shel You must pray for the welfare of the government. She'il mo Mora. If not for the wealth, the fear of government, Ish one man would swallow the other alive. And this follows, with the next part of the Mishnah, which says that Rabbi Haninia ben pradion said that two, two who are sitting together and are not discussing words of Torah. It is considered a setting, a sitting of people who are scornful or empty, or not good, not a good thing, as it's written, when in the first paragraph of the describes the righteous person. He says that the righteous person did not sit in this kind of a society. So someone who sits in such a group and there is no different Torah amongst them, it's not a good thing. It's called Moshev Leitzim. But two who are sitting together and studying Torah, the Shekhinah dwells amongst them, and then the Mishnah quotes a posok that describes this kind of setting as it is written, Hashem ishal re'ehu, then in a setting where people are sitting together and studying Torah and having a conversation with each other, of God-fearing people and having a conversation with each other. And then Hashem listens and Hashem hears and he writes it down in his book of memories in his Sefer Hazikaron. In Lierei Hashem for those who fear him and those who are concerned with his name and those who think about his name. So after the Mishnah is brought, if we think into it, it raises a question immediately. We are learning Pirkei Avos. What is Pirkei Avos? So our sages teach us that Pirkei Avos is a system that teaches us how to go within the letter of the law, how to go beyond what the Torah directly expects, and Khamen tell us that one who wants to be a Chassid, one who wants to live this kind of life of piety and going beyond the letter of the law, should fulfill that which is brought down in Perke Avos. So what is Perke Avos? Perke Avos obviously is teaching a type of behavior that is not required by the law, but if one wants to go beyond the letter of the law, One once sacked in a matter of chassidus, lifnim yishor beyond the law itself, one should follow it. So we would expect that the teachings in Pirkei Ovos would all be things of this nature. However, if we take a deeper look, or even a superficial look at this lesson, pray for the welfare of government, this does not seem to have any type of connection to something that's beyond the letter of the law or above the letter of the law, it doesn't speak of anything of that nature. And on the contrary, when it says, pray for the welfare of government so that one person should not swallow the other alive, this is not something we need to learn from Perkei Avos. Not following, not swallowing someone alive is something that the Torah does not allow. We have laws that tell us that we can't kill and we can't hurt other people. So why does the Torah speak over here that we have to be concerned with the welfare of government, because if not from them, these kinds of things would happen. And we know that this is expected from all people in any kind of normal life. Why is this brought in Pirkei Ovos? Another question we have to try to understand why does it say one person would not would swallow the other alive, if not for the fear of government? Why doesn't it use the more commonly used expression that one would kill, or one would hurt, or one would rob? Why does it use the expression, swallow alive? And the next question that's raised there here is that we all know that when the world was created, it says, voracious, and Rashi says, for the two, things that are called rashes, the world was created, one of them being B'nai Yisrael. So everything centers around B'nai Yisrael. And obviously, if we're dealing with this subject, it must have some connection to B'nai Yisrael, to the Jewish people. So when the Mishnah says here, pray for the welfare of government, because if not for the laws of the government or the fear of the government, one man would swallow the other alive, it indicates obviously that this is also related to the Jewish people. And if Jews will not act in this seemingly negative manner, the rest of the world will also not act in this manner. Or if Jews do act in this manner, others will act in this manner as well. How can we say regarding Yiddin, that in spite of the fact that we have so many commands, various commands in the Torah, clear commands, that we're not allowed to kill or hurt others, So what is it coming to say that without the fear of Malchus, without the fear of government, or the fear of a king ruling at the top, one Jew would actually swallow another Yid, even his friend? And we're talking here about a Yid who was studying Pirkei Avos. So that immediately indicates that that person wants to be a chosid, that that person wants to be considered someone pious, that that person wants to go beyond the letter of the law, beyond what is required, so why would such a person have to have such an injunction that one should pray for the government, because without the government, one can come to swallow his friend alive. And after we read this Mishnah, and we follow this part of the Mishnah, and we continue Another question comes to mind immediately. Following this directly, it says that Rabbi Hanina Ben Tradion said that when two people are sitting together and there is no divrei Torah, no discussion of Torah between them, this is called Moshe Av Leitzim. That's something not good. That refers to scornful people or wicked people. But two who sit together and have divrei Torah between them do study Torah, the Shechina dwells about them what is the connection of this part of the mishnah to what came before we know that the mishnayas when they were put down together they followed a very meticulous order and this maybe would fit in in the next mishnah because in the third mishnah we speak about people who are together and speak torah they eat together they discuss things together but what does this have to do that if they sit and don't speak with divrei Torah, it follows directly from praying for the welfare of government in one and the same Mishnah. It does not seem to be connected in any kind of way. So to understand this a little bit better, we're going to look carefully at the words in the Mishnah that we just explained. Being that Pirke Avos or the Tractate of Avos in the Mishnah, is We keep repeating this because that is the purpose of it, not to teach laws, but to teach things that go beyond the letter of the law. So obviously, Pirkei Avos is coming to give directives to Yidin who are good, who are complete, who are very, very careful regarding their study of Torah, who are very meticulous regarding their observance of mitzvos. And the only thing they're lacking is something beyond so automatically, it's understood that, obviously, there's no place to say over here that they should not rob from another Yid, they should not hurt another Yid. Certainly, there's no point in Perke Allah's teaching us that one should not hurt another Yid in any kind of way. So why is it written like this? Why does it speak about not swallowing one's friend alive? And if we look at it carefully, we note that this is exactly the answer to our question. It says, if not for the welfare of government, one man would swallow the other alive. We're not talking about hurting or killing chas v'shalom. One yid is not going to do that, but we're concerned here with one yid who is good and does the mitzvahs, swallowing the other one alive, which is an expression indicating that one person sees himself in a certain manner that he is righteous and he is great, and perhaps his friend is not like that, so the person would like to correct his friend. In other words, he would like that that friend, whoever he is, should become like him, and he sort of swallows the other person alive. In other words, and really on the contrary, sometimes the fact that a person is on such a great level, that one is an accomplished scholar of of Torah, one is an observer of mitzvahs in a meticulous way and he sees himself as being righteous and good but on the other hand when he sees others he sees that they're not so good and they're not so righteous especially if the one they're thinking of or looking at or dealing with is simpler in his knowledge of torah than they are or maybe not as meticulous in the observance of a mitzvah and therefore we feel That the one who is less than we should certainly sort of be nullified in our presence and more than that they should become like we are they should think like we are and that will save them now wants to keep a person and especially a great person who really wants to make the whole world better and who really wants everyone to be perfect and who can't therefore understand the other person, because they're not so perfect and they're not so righteous. So how do we teach a person that they should give the other person their space and not try to sort of destroy them the way they are in order to make them better? So we can explain it to them in a rational way, but in truth, a rational approach to this would not really work as we learn in the Sikha because we're not talking about a foolish person, a wicked person, an arrogant person. We're talking about someone who's great, someone who's observant, someone who's scholarly, and has a friend who seems to be very distant from his level. And if we think about this, it makes sense. We have an obligation to help our friends, to teach them to be better, and obviously the friend himself does not see the right way, because if he did, he would not be on that low level, and there is a feeling that we have to make them better. So a rational approach will just be met with a response, well, this is what the Torah wants. I'm not doing anything wrong by not wanting him to live the way he does, because I want him to be better. So therefore, in order to free the person from this kind of approach, from this kind of attitude, the Torah tells us, the Pirkei Avos, rather, tells us what should we do? We should fulfill the directive of the Mishnah, as it's written clearly. Hevei mispalel shel malchus, pray for the welfare of government. What does it mean to pray for the welfare of government? Notice it uses the word shloma, the shalom, the welfare of malchus. What is malchus? Malchus is kingship through kingship we begin to think what is a king what is a melech and when we think about a melech carefully it arouses in us a fear of a king and if we think about what is the fear of a king really who is the ultimate king the ultimate king is hashem he is the king of all things so it can fill us with the spirit of awe or fear regarding a king. And when one begins to feel the awe of Hashem, one may begin to sense that one is not really all that much greater than his friend. And this is understandable based on what the Chachamim teach us. There's an expression that says, malchusa de'ara malchusa The whole concept of kingship here on earth, in our world, resembles the kingship of Shamayim. Everything comes from Shamayim. Everything comes from heaven. So if we have the idea of a king here on earth, it comes from the idea of the king in heaven. Every king on earth has a sar, has a source above, and that source above has a source above, 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 and ultimately it all goes up to Hashem. So when we think into what is a melech, it can help us to appreciate a little bit of what Hashem is. So when there is shlomo shal malchus, on the most basic level, when we appreciate what malchus is, and we appreciate that the malchus is something that comes from Hashem, we begin to act differently. And therefore, when a yid wants to reach a higher level of observance and divine service, and wants to be on the level of de hasidusa, of Lifnimish or Hadin, of that which goes beyond the letter of the law, as we see in Pirkei Avos. Therefore, it says to pray for the welfare of government, meaning pray for an appreciation of the Malchus of Hashem. And through we uh, have this appreciation of the Malchus of Hashem, we have an appreciation of what of Melech is. And we begin to feel a fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's interesting, there is a story about the Alter Rebbe, which is quite well known, that when the Alter Rebbe was sitting in prison, one day the czar, the king, dressed up as an ordinary person, came to visit him. And when the Alter Rebbe saw this, the Alter Rebbe treated him royally, treated him like you treat a king with all the awe that comes with it. And the king could not understand what this is all about. And the Alter Rebbe said, I know that you're a king, even though you don't think that I can see that, because we Jews know that all kingship on earth derives from kingship in Shamayim, derives from God, from the king of kings, and when you enter, I felt a fear and an awe. And the very fact that a person subjugates himself to Hashem makes him immediately subjugate, the feelings of superiority that he may have over another yid. Because when we're talking about Hashem, everyone is equal. You could be the greatest, you could be the least, you could be somewhere in between, but you don't occupy any more space on any level than a simple Jew because everything is nothing before Hashem. So that helps us understand a little bit of the first part of the Mishnah, of what this means, that one really has to appreciate the malchus of Hashem, and then one could appreciate that all yidn are all the same in the face of Hashem, and appreciate another yid on that level, not based on the fact that I know more than he does, or I act better than he does, and therefore I have to make him be like me. But we all know that nothing is simple. And we all know that there is a Yetzir Hara, the evil inclination. And the Yetzir Hara it says is an Uman. The Yetzir Hara is a very highly skilled creature. And therefore the Yetzir Hara will always keep attempting to get a person down, to bring a person off the path of what's right and what's just and what's fair and therefore when one contemplates and feels the greatness of shamayim and he appreciates it and understands it the Yetzirah will not let him continue with that understanding or act, act with that understanding and as time passes the Yetzirah may have an effect on a person to the point where his fear of heaven will be weakened it's not something that's so easy to maintain all the time and it will become even weaker. And again, a person may fall through and try to swallow his friend alive because the feeling that I am greater will always raise its head. Therefore, the Mishnah continues that one should pray. Sorry, the Mishnah emphasizes that one should pray for the welfare of government. Why does it use the word pray to be mispallel? that one should not rely only on the fact that I understand and I appreciate from my deep contemplation what or who Hashem is. We can't rely on our understanding because it's limited just like we are, but rather we have an obligation to daven to Hashem, constantly to daven and pray to Hashem and beseech Hashem that Hashem should help us in His infinite kindness and goodness, even though we are not worthy, that we should be able to constantly be aware of the royalty of Hashem, the kingship of Hashem, the awe and glory of Hashem. And that's why we follow with davening, because davening takes us to a different level than understanding, and it makes us more bottle. Then the Mishnah continues. After the Mishnah says, uh, Play for the welfare of government, the Mishnah says, Rabbi Khanina ben Pradyom said that when two people sit together and there is no Torah study, no discussion of Torah passing between them, it is a moshav it's a setting of scornful people or bad people or anything of that nature, and it quotes a Pasak to say to prove that. As we said before, however the Mishnah continues, all in the same Mishnah. If two are sitting and there does exist between them a conversation of Torah, the Shechina dwells amongst them, and he brings a pasuk to prove it. So, let's try to understand this a little bit better. If the most the most true indication that the person who is learning Perke avos, the person who is trying to be on the level of lifni m'shuras hadin. And the person has indeed, uh, been negated the feeling of superiority that he has over someone else. So this only happens when the study of Torah is in a manner of shnayim sheyoshvim. It doesn't say one who sits and studies Torah, but it says two who sit together and exchange words of Torah. What does this mean? If we are talking about one who studies Torah, and everything else is secondary. And we know that the study of Torah is the most important and the greatest thing. And this is based on the pasuk in the Navi Yahu, where the Navi says, that a person who was very wise should not pride himself in being wise. And one who was very strong should not proud himself in being strong. And one who was very wealthy should not pride himself in having all that wealth. Because all of these things, whether it's wisdom or whether it's power or whether it's wealth, are not absolute things. They change from time to time. The only thing that one can take pride in is, that one should look forward to, is Haskel Hashem says the only thing worth being proud of is understanding and knowing me. This is what happens when we learn Torah. We begin to know Hashem. Torah is something eternal. It's not something that has ups and downs. As we say, Torah is our life, and it indicates the length of our days. And then the Rebbe quotes another expression where someone says, I will leave all trades, all professions in the world, and I will teach my child Torah. When he's young, he needs Torah. When he's old, he needs Torah. And being that Torah is the truthful essence of one who studies torah therefore what happens the more we study the more bottle we become the more humble we become and the feeling of battle happens through the learning of torah so therefore when it says two are sitting and studying together if it's only one person studying so that person feels himself He's great in Torah. He's brilliant. He comes up with all kinds of novel ideas. And that's a type of learning that makes him different. He's above. But when two are Yoshvim, they're sitting together, they are equal in the same sitting, in the same setting, in the same act. It's different because if I'm one and I'm so great and I'm learning by myself and I'm teaching others, so I'm greater than they are. I'm in the front, I'm at the head. Who knows where they are? But if one is really bottle, then what shows this bottle that one is learning in a manner of two together, two together as one without a feeling of one above and one below. And if one has that kind of learning, what does that bring about? It says, Shechina Shruya, The Shechina comes and dwells amongst them. What is the Shechina? So the Shechina that we know refers to revelations of Hashem in this world. And the Rebbe continues and tells us, as it is known, this is all discussed in Chassidus, that when a Yid is able to make himself humble, to sort of nullify himself, through praying for the welfare of government, through appreciating what Malchus Hashem is, and then he and another are two together, they're both bottled together to Hashem, then Elochus, the Malchus, the kingship of Hashem comes down into this world, the way it is above, and there becomes a Shlemus, there becomes a completion and a perfection in the fear of god in the awe before god and the battle before god as it's supposed to be and now we come to the conclusion of the sicha where we learn now that two who sit together the second part of the mishnah are the exact opposite of the first part of the mishnah which speaks about swallowing one's friend alive so how do we learn this we can go to the next part of the Mishnah, where there is a proof, as we said before, for the saying that two who sit together and study Torah, the Shekhinah dwells amongst them, as it is written, and it quotes a pasuk from the Novi Malachi. It says, Hashem ish ish uh, Those who fear God will be speaking with each other, Vayakshev Hashem, and Hashem listens. Vayishma, Hashem hears. Va'yikoseid and it's got written down, Sefer Zikaron Lufanov in a book of memories before him. Hashem For those who fear God, and for those who are concerned, and who actually think about his name. In other words, if we are talking about two sitting together and between them, what is passing, what is happening between them, what is being exchanged between them? Torah, words of Torah. Words of Torah deals with matter of the mind, deals with intellect. Learning means understanding. So why are they called over here, Yirei Hashem, those who fear God? Torah is not about fearing God. Torah is about understanding God and learning. But the puzzle comes to explain, this puzzle comes to show that the fact that two have Torah passing between them, engaging them, causes what? Causes the Shechina to come down. What kind of an engagement between the two? The two are learning together in a manner of fearing God. What does this mean? So at the very conclusion of the Sikha, the Rebbe tells us that existing by them, existing within them, is the fear of the fear of the kings of king of kings in a manner that is revealed, that is recognized, that is sense, this is what they are aware of, because what, it uses the expression, as we said, Nid b'torah. because they are Yirei kim. why are they learning Torah in the first place when it's two together? They're both equal because they are yireh Hashem. They are God-fearing. And if they are God-fearing, they're not the category where one feels, it's all about me and my understanding and you are not as great as I am, so let me make you be just like me. Let me make you think like me and be like me. That's the category of if you realize your own greatness, you are really swallowing your fr- friend alive. But you, if you are learning, because this is what you have to do if you are learning in the spirit of war and fear of God, then this learning leads you to the level of being one who is in the category of Choshev Shmo, What's your main concern? Not yourself and your level. But your main concern is doing what Hashem wants. And what does this also include? We begin to appreciate that what is Torah altogether? Torah altogether is not about us. Torah is, as the Rebbe says in the last sentence of the Sikha, kol torah hi, What's the whole Torah? The whole Torah is names of Hashem. The whole Torah is about a lukus. And if one learns to live this way, one definitely is on the level of chassid, one definitely is on the level of one who is considered pious, and of one who goes beyond the letter of the law, because this is not a mitzvah. This is something that's higher, that one is able to experience this kind of betul in the presence of Hashem and appreciate this year, as Shemayim, by actually living it, and in this way, treating every person in an equal manner, because that is exactly what Hashem wants. Thank you. <laughs>